The Psalm, Psalm 23, verse number 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This psalm has so many great themes. And it, it, it really, there's so much of this that parallels the song wherever he reads, I'll go. Some great themes in both of these. Confidence in God's leading. Surrender to God's leading. And I know of few people in this world that exemplify those traits more than missionaries. And I'll be honest with you, missionaries intimidate me. Just what they are willing to do, what they do with their life, to, to lay aside a career or fame in some cases to just go overseas, go to a foreign land, or even if that's Oklahoma, uh, but to go somewhere and preach the gospel uh, just amazes me. The, the, their faithfulness or willingness to do that. They, they must walk a little closer to God than most of us. But those same traits that make a missionary are also keys to the victorious Christian life. We should all have that same level of surrender. And the portion of Scripture here in Psalm 23 just so powerfully describes trusting in God's leading. Think about it, almost 3,000 years old, some odd like that, and still so very fresh, still so very poignant. This morning we're going to, I've got a really short introduction, we're going to jump right in. I want to go through verse by verse, just highlighting how God leads us. I hope it's an encouragement and a challenge to us this morning. First off, He leads where I need to be. He leads where I need to be. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The job of the shepherd is to care for the flock. He guards it from danger. He shelters it from the storms, the weather. He tends to their every need. And the description of His care is this, I shall not want. There's nothing I will lack in His care. If you want to see this in action, it's interesting. In Deuteronomy 2, verse number 7, Moses uses that exact same word in Hebrew to describe how God cared for His children while they wandered through the wilderness for 40 years. Deuteronomy 2, verse 7 says, These 40 years the Lord thy God hath been with thee. Thou hast lacked nothing. You've had everything you needed. When they were dry and thirsty, He gave them water. When they were hungry, He gave them manna. Deuteronomy 8 verse 4 says that their clothing didn't even wear out for 40 years. They definitely didn't shop at Walmart or places I tend to shop. Their clothing just kept on lasting uh, for that whole time. God cared for Israel. And think about it, that's a few million people that 
uh, took care of their every need in a place that even today, look at a map of that Sinai Peninsula, of that area. There's no big cities. There's no settlement. No one wants to live there. Yet he cared for them for 40 years and they never lacked a thing. David repeats this truth again in Psalm 34, Psalm 34:10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Now, there is a difference between wanting and wanting. You know what I mean? Through God's care, I will not want, I will not lack anything. I, there's nothing I will be wanting because He supplies my every need. But if I'm not careful, I'll definitely want a lot of things. I'll definitely want to desire a lot of things. Kind of like being a toddler. You ever take a toddler to the grocery store? And they want everything. If you're not careful, they'll put anything and everything in that cart. You'll go to check out and say, I don't remember picking up that, those bananas. I don't remember picking up that cereal. I don't remember picking up those paper towels, but that little kid will just grab it. They want everything, you know, going down the aisle. I'm going to tell you, if we're not careful, we get kind of greedy like that. We want it all. We want it all. But we have to trust in our Savior's care. And that's what we see in, in, in Psalm 23. What, what I should want and desire is not all the things around me, but I should desire His care. And when what I want is His care, there's nothing I want. When what I want, what I desire is for His care, He will supply everything that I need. Maybe not everything I want. I would love to have that full head of hair back. But... Uh, he does give me everything that I need. Second, He leads where I am physically cared for. In verse 2, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. There is food and water. These are the basic necessities of life. He leads me to good grazing spots where the grass is lush. It's knee deep. It's deep green. He leads me to the abundant spots, it's a, the lush grass, there's pools of, not just a little water, but there's pools of water to drink. He leads me to a peaceful place. It's still waters. They say that sheep will get scared of running water. That they, they don't like the noise. They don't like the motion. It spooks them. But these waters are peaceful. Here is care and rest for the body and mind. David wrote again in Psalm 37, beginning in verse 23, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful, and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. That God cares for his children. I know that song about Israel. Yes, but we are his children too. He cares for us. Isaiah described God's care like this in Isaiah 40, verses 10 and 11. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. The tender, loving care of the Good Shepherd. 
What did Christ say about God's care in Matthew number 6? He said, look at the birds. They don't sow. They don't have barns. But God cares for their every need. Look at the flowers of the field. You don't even have to do anything. and they, they pop up wildflowers. We don't have to do anything. Yet, they have a beauty greater than even the greatest of men. And if God so cares for the birds and the flowers, how much more does He care for us? Without a doubt, God is good. Now, we're going to see in a few verses that we don't always stay where the shady green pastures and the, and the still waters and things are. There's times we go through the valley of the shadow of death. But that doesn't mean He's not good to us. Sometimes we do go through hard times. Verses 2 and 3 show us He's good, that God is good in the good times. Verses 4 and 5 show us He's good in the bad times. He is good all the time. Verse number 3 shows us He leads where I am spiritually cared for. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. The word restore there means to, to turn around or to return. It's saying that sometimes, even in God's good, tender care, my soul, my heart falters. We are human, are we not? We get tired, we get down, we get overwhelmed, we get anxious. But God restores our soul. He brings us back to newness and cleanness and, and, and liveliness. I thought about those folks, and, and I admire, I'm not a car guy by any stretch, but I appreciate the work that these people do when they go out and they get those old junk cars and they take it in and they... They get all the rust off of it and they shine it up and they, they repair the motor and they put new parts in it and reupholster it. And boy, those things come out looking better than they did when they came out on the showroom floor. It amazes me the work that they do. I admire those people that have that talent that put that labor into it. But that's what God does with us. We're broken pieces and messes, yet He gets us and He restores us. He cares for us. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. That's describing a well-marked, a well-traveled path. One book I was reading said it's like wagon tracks. In my mind, I thought about growing up on the dairy, and I thought about those cow trails in the pasture. You know, those cows, they had the whole pasture to walk in, but they had the same path that they were going to walk in. And you know what happened? I'd be out there getting cow path. You know what I walked in? I walked in the cow path too. You just couldn't help it. It's just you followed their example, followed right along with them. But in this path, He reveals this path in this Word. He guides us with His Spirit. Isaiah put it this way, Isaiah 42.16. And I will bring the blind by a way that they know not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. You can trust in the way that the Savior leads us. One last note there on that verse that says, why is He doing this? It's for His name's sake. By the way, didn't know this, but you will find that phrase seven times in Psalms. There's your homework, okay? It's seven times in Psalms you will find the phrase for, and it's either his or thy namesake. So if you looked it up, it's a very, and there's some other times it talks about some things, but that phrase, for 
is or thy name's sake. Depends on how he's addressing God there. It's seven times in Scripture. Maybe that's a future sermon. I don't know. But he doesn't do this because we deserve it. We don't. He does this out of his grace, out of his mercy. He does this not so we are honored, but so that he is honored through us. That he is magnified through us. He deserves all the glory and all the honor that we can give him. The fourth thing I want to see in verse number four is he leads where I need him. He leads where I need him. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know, it's easy to forget the Savior's care in the good times. It's easy to neglect the care because everything's going good. Why? Wow, I've got plenty of food. Why? Wow, I've got everything's going good. I've got money in the bank. I think about the, uh, I read a book once about, um, what's the name of that? I think it's called Ghost Soldiers. It's about some uh, uh, prisoners in World War II over in the Philippines. And it talked about how when those guys came back, they had lived, just barely survived on nothing uh, for years in captivity. And when they came back, one of the things when they got back into, you know, got freed and back in America that was so important to them is they had to have a pantry full of food. Not that they would eat it, but they had to have a pantry because it, to them it was a comfort to know that there was plenty of food, that they weren't going to have to starve again. Listen, you go through the hard times and you realize how badly we need God. David pictures here a dangerous situation. Back in those days, if you're traveling down through like a, a valley, I, I, I'm picturing a canyon in my mind. I mean, it was a real, real steep canyon. If you're traveling down that, well, if something happens, you can't go to the left, there's a wall. You can't go to the right, there's a wall. You can't hardly climb out. I mean, you're basically stuck. It's either forwards or backwards. Those are your two options on this you can't really see what's ahead. If there's a bend, you don't know. Are there bandits? Are there wolves? Are, are there monsters ahead or above you? You can't tell. It's dark. It's shady. You, you, you hear sounds and you wonder, oh my goodness, I'm going to get attacked. I'm going to get eaten alive at any moment. The air may be thick with danger and despair, but God, sometimes He takes us through these dark valleys. But we do not have to lose heart. Thought of the, the old psalm. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near. Leaning on the everlasting arms. How, why can I have peace in the valley of the shadow of death? It's because He is with me. It says He has a rod and a staff. With those He can guide us. He can kind of Hey, this way, you know, kind of steer us a little bit. Stay on the path, stay on the path. If we were to fall, he's got that shepherd's crook. He can reach down and grab us. If there were enemies, if the coyotes come, I guess I got coyotes over there, but if the coyotes come, we'll make it Texas here. He can whack them on the head with that stick. He can protect us. He can guide us. He can care for us. Whatever danger comes, he's prepared to help us. Thinking about this verse and thinking about missionaries, and I think I know who this is, but I, I, don't, I don't want to be wrong mentioning the name. But I remember a, 
a, a preacher talking about uh, their kids were going to Africa as missionaries, and somebody said, asked them, said, how in the world can you send your kids over to Africa? Especially at grandkids, so, you know, how can you send them over there? You may never see them again. You'll miss out on all. How can you send them? And their response was something like this, that there's no safer place to be than right where God wants you. If God wants you there, He'll be beside you, but that work with you. Can't tell you how many times when the kids were little, I don't know how many times I slept in a recliner with them when they couldn't sleep at night. I figured out you kind of scooch over to the side a little bit and you set them right there beside you and lean back and you can sleep good and they're nice and covered and they ain't going anywhere and they sleep pretty good. And I spent a lot of nights like that with the four kids uh, and some other ones I think <laughs> we babysat before. I can get them there, man. We can be comfortable. I don't know me. I like babies. But I can't tell how many times, you know, that something happened and a little baby would get scared, a little baby would be upset. And I'd be sitting there and, and I'd hold them and then I'd, I'd always make up songs and sing. I'd sing the hush little baby, don't say a word. And, and I, I, I don't even know the real words. I'd make it up as I went. But, uh, but one thing, I don't know why, I always hold those precious little babies. And, and the thing I'd always say is everything's going to be okay. Daddy's got the baby. I don't know if I heard that somewhere, but that's, I, I, I've whispered that to every one of my children. Because I'm holding them and you know, they're crying, they're upset, they're scared. I'm like, it's okay, Daddy's got the baby. Listen, I may not always have my children where I can protect them, but I know this, God has them and God has me in His arms. No matter how dark the valley is, He's with us. The fifth thing I want us to see is that He leads where I am blessed. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. By the way, back in verse number two, those were the necessities of life. I remember learning in school the basics of life. You got to have food, water, shelter, clothing, you know, just the basic necessities to survive. You know, high speed internet, things like that. You got to have those things. Anyway. Uh, but the basics are taken care of. You've got pasture, you've got water, you've got the, the necessities of life. But verse 5, God goes above and beyond. His grace pours out blessings beyond necessity. It's not grass here, it's a table, it's a banquet. It's not just the water, it's an overflowing cup of Dr. Pepper. Okay, God is pouring out His blessings in this scene, the table is a banquet prepared just for each of us individually. By the way, it's our vindication in the midst of a world of harshness and those that hate God, those that, 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 that want to attack us, that would love to, to ridicule us. They're all sitting out there on the sidelines and God sets this up. They can't stop it. They can't prevent it. They have to sit back while God is blessing me. It's an amazing thought to think of. Somebody said every dog has its day. This one is yours and mine. I don't know when it'll be. Maybe that's in heaven, but I just know one day it's all going to be made right. One day we will be victorious. We'll be on the winning side. He anoints us with oil. That's luxurious care. The Hebrew there is kind of fun. It doesn't just mean to, to you know pour oil 
it doesn't mean just to get a little bit. Uh, I know nowadays they, they do that a lot of different, you know, Christian traditions, and they just get a little bit on their thumb, you know, and like make a little mark on their forehead or something. This means literally made fat with oil. This is soaked in. This is, it's, it can't contain any more drops. You pick it up. It's like having that towel that's soaked with water. And you pick it up and it's just dripping out. It can't contain another drop. That's how much he has poured the oil out. And by the way, I'm going to say, what is that for? This is, this is the ancient customs. Remember when Christ, before he was crucified, how, the, how the, the woman came to him, broke the alabaster box and anointed him. This is an honor. This is, uh, this is God uh, blessing us. And he fills our cup to overflowing. This is abundant care. It's not just sufficient. It's not just enough to get us by. But this is more abundant than I could ever need. It's like needing a teaspoon of water and having the oceans dumped on you. That's how abundant God's care is. I'll point out something here. I don't know anybody who wouldn't want the verse 5 life. Way better than verse 4 life, going through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't know anybody who wouldn't read this and say, boy, I want it. I want that. Give me that table. Give me that banquet. My enemies having to watch in shame and in jealousy. Give me that. But it doesn't start here. You know where this actually starts? How you have to get here is the process. It starts back in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I faithfully trust in Him. And then it moves to trusting Him in the little things, the necessities of life, the green pastures and still waters. It moves to being led and restored by Him. It moves through the dark valleys, the trials, the temptations. And then, and only then, having passed through these things, can we come to that place where God's blessings are poured out. This is a culmination. It's not a beginning. It's not even a status quo. It doesn't say you're going to live here. But there will be the day when God blesses. This is a triumph. This is a victory parade after the war. This has its place. And I'll be honest, I think this for most of us may be on the other side of heaven's gates. But there will be a day that there is victory, that there is joy, that there is celebration. We just have to be faithful, trusting in God that He will provide it. And the sixth thing I want you to see here is He leads where I long to be. He leads where I long to be. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In verse 1, he said he, that, that David said he would not want anything. Everything, all his needs are supplied. Here in verse 6, though, it's not just needs. This is above and beyond here. He says goodness and mercy are continually pushing him forward. In fact, that, that follow can mean pursued. They're chasing him. They're pushing him forward. This is above and beyond needs being met. Goodness, that's God's very character, his nature. Mercy, that's his loving care for us. These things are following, pursuing him through his life. They're pushing him forward. They're right behind him. They're close by should he ever need them. 
I think about those guys when they, they do the bicycle races. Those guys are nuts. But, but when they do those, they've got those cars that will follow along behind them. They've got, you know, supplies and things if they break down or something. But they've got the cars that fall. I think about that. Well, that's me as I'm going through this race. I've got that back there. If I need it, surely goodness and mercy are back there behind me if I ever need them close by. This is not just any shepherd caring for us. This is the great shepherd, the good shepherd. A care that will not end. It will last all the days of my life. By the way, I think that's not just earthly life. I think that's eternal life. It just keeps giving and giving. I think we've just begun to see how good God is. Maybe in heaven after a few million years, maybe we'll say, oh, I think I'm starting to understand just a little bit. But it's incomprehensible how good our God is to us. And note David's response and resolve. Because of God's marvelous care, He's supplying my needs, He's leading me, He's brought me through the hard times, He's brought me through the, the high times. And here's David's resolve. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We often say that that's talking about heaven, and I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I've heard it said sometimes, some books and things will say, well, this is talking about he, he wants to go and worship at the tabernacle, the temple. You know, he's wanting to go worship God at the house of God. I, I can't say that that's necessarily wrong either. But I'm going to tell you, when I read this, what I see here. I think this is David saying, God, I'm not leaving your side. I'm moving in with you. You're not getting rid of me. I want some of this. I'm not leaving your side. It's devotion. That's the proper response to the great care of our Savior. We don't just take it and run, but it draws us ever closer to Him to trust Him in all things, to obey Him in all things, to continually walk and dwell in His presence. When you realize how good God is, where else would you want to be? The world can't supply those needs. The world can't care. The only place you see that care, that love, is right there in the Savior's care. We'll wrap up here real quick. As we're looking through this and talking about this theme of God leading us, I told you at the beginning that I, I don't know of any group of people as a whole that just exemplify this better than the folks who follow God's call, God's leading to go into missions work. And as we were putting together this missions month and, and trying to get all this lined out and told you I sat down and I looked at a bunch of different quotes and slogans I saw what some other people do and uh, or have done in the past and but I just wanted some kind of little you know slogan to use for this month other than just hey it's missions month I wanted a theme to go with it and Ended up going back to the classic song by B.B. McKinney. In fact, if you want to turn there, we're going to sing it to the invitation. I already told all of this. Uh, it's not, not a surprise. But it's number 285 in the Baptist hymnal, if you wanted to turn there. But the song, Wherever He Leads, I'll Go. 
we're going to sing it here in just a few minutes and probably be singing it some throughout the coming month too. I'm going to tell you the story behind this song. I'm going to kind of tie all this back together here real quick if, you, if you'll bear with me. In January 1936, there was a, a meeting, a convention, the Alabama Baptist Sunday School Convention was taking place. The featured speaker at this meeting, or series of meetings, was a, a preacher named Robert S. Jones. Mr. Jones had served as a missionary to Brazil for the previous 12 years, uh, is what I understand. What, uh, done missions work, and even while he was there in Brazil, had even served as the president of a college that was getting started. But anyway, 12 years, been a missionary in Brazil. He is back in the States, and uh, there were some health concerns, and he had come back to the States, and he is to be the, the, the featured speaker at this meeting. And just a few days before the meeting takes place, because of his health concerns and things, it was decided that he did not need to go back to the mission field. Just, uh, it was it, just because of his health, he, he did not need to go back to Brazil. And here he is, and he's kind of reeling a little bit from this decision. His heart's there. He wants to go and serve, uh, but he wants to be a blessing to the people at, the, at this convention. And uh, at this meeting uh, is B.B. McKinney, who he was there to, to lead singing. And uh, he, he struck a, co a conversation with Brother Jones and, you know, trying to partly to encourage him, partly just, you know, trying to help him a little bit. And he asked, you know, he says, well, you know, what are you going to do now? And Jones's response was that he didn't know what the Lord had in store for him, but wherever he leads, I'll go. That phrase stuck with, with McKinney. He went back to his motel room and wrote the words and music that you find there in the, in, the, um, in, the, in the hymn book. Let's say two, it's two, yeah, 285. At the meeting that night, at the end of the service, he took that handwritten copy of the music and hands it to the organist, and he sang this as a solo, closing out that meeting. It's become a favorite of so many. Just one conversation of one man whose heart was in the ministry, his heart was on the mission field, yet God changed directions, but he was faithful not just to be where he wanted to be, but faithful to follow the Lord's leading. By the way, God wasn't dumb with Robert Jones. He served the Lord stateside for another 24 years, various capacities, until he passed away in 1960. His legacy, by the way, partly through this song, inspired many, including his own daughter. His daughter's name was Kathleen Jones. She was a medical missionary in Indonesia for 24 years, helping in a hospital uh, in, in Indonesia. So this song with this thought, with this missionary uh, flavor to it, this is going to be our theme for the coming month, wherever he leads. And I hope the response to that we can all say is, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I will go whether that's in the dark times or the valley of the shadow of death, whether that's the high times when there's a grand table prepared in the presence of mine enemies, or whether that's the, 
the, the, the shady green pastures and the, the still waters, wherever that is, God, I'm going I'm to take you by the hand and I want to follow you wherever you will take me. I will go. I will trust in you. Not everyone goes to the mission field, and, I, and, and I'm thankful. Not everybody does need to do that. Not everybody needs to sing a special. Not everybody needs to be a preacher. Not everybody needs to work with kids. Everybody has their place. Everybody has something they can do. But I'll tell you this, we all need to ask God and say, what, what can I do? I may not go to Brazil. I may not go to Macedonia. But I, I can pray. I can give. I can encourage. I can support. When we think about the theme of missions here coming up, I, I want us to think about that. Wherever He leads, I want us all to be able to say, I'll go. It may not be Africa, but it may be writing a check. It may be buying a gift card. It may be writing a letter, sending a card to somebody. But whatever he needs, I will do it. I will go. Most importantly with that, as musicians come, I got to go in there and forgot to tell you guys to come on up. Most importantly with that is, of course, for salvation. That's the first step. Christ bids us come. So if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. We come to Him for salvation. Our sins being forgiven. And I'm going to tell you what, you get that taste of the goodness of God, that's where you don't want to let go of them. You want to hold on to them. And He just keeps, as Olin would say, He just keeps getting gooder and gooder uh, past, uh, past that point. It just keeps getting better. But you take that first step and you just keep walking with Him. I hope and pray that here, listening online or seeing this as a recording somewhere that you know Christ is your Savior. You start there and then you surrender your life to Him. That wherever He leads, I'll go. Number 285 in the Baptist Hymnal. If you'll stand please, we'll have a, have a time of invitation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I thank You for the comfort of Your Word. I thank You for the example of it. So we read Psalm 23. What a marvelous lesson for us to trust in You and Your leading and in Your care. Lord, as we enter into this, uh, this celebration, this challenge for the next month on the, on the subject of mission work, whether that's across the street, across the globe, Lord, that You would challenge us. And Lord, that each of us in our hearts would be willing to look at you and say, Lord, whatever you need, I'm willing. Wherever you lead me, I will go. I will trust in your care and your guidance. Help us all to have that heart of surrender. Lord, if someone doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, that they would get that taken care of, surrendering their all to you. Lord, challenge us, I pray, with this, this song, with this message. And Lord, help us to have a, a great month looking ahead as, as we, we, we really exalt the, the work of missions. Challenge us, I pray, in the holy name. Amen.